Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the very unofficial Ember City Supporters Club podcast. I am the Right Reverend Bobby Love, who will be presenting tonight's show and alongside me we have, as we did last time, Mr Rooney, Citizen Neil. How are you? I'm very well mate, I'm very well. How are you? Oh, can't complain, thanks for asking. And as a wee special bonus treat citizens... We've also got an additional person, the man famous for his massive rants, Mr. Ali Moncrief. How are we doing, Ali? Very well, Bob, very well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, tell you been, I'll try and keep it. I'll try and keep it clean to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those familiar with uh, Alistair, you'll realise that normally these can turn the air blue, so that's a, a very welcome promise. Uh, so to get started, uh, we're just going to go through like we did the last time, a wee bit of games, uh, maybe upcoming games, positives and all that kind of thing. So to start off, after, where did we leave off the last time? What game was it again? Yeah, the weather wind. I was, Bob, I was going to say, I think before we start, can we, can we wish a speedy recovery to um, the kids and beasts, uh, Ross Clark, yeah. after we, um, just his horrific injury at the weekend, a dislocated ankle. Absolutely. And, uh, and also, uh, I mean, especially when we look at the weekend, Rahul Jimenez as well, and um, Roman Grujon and his fiery escape and uh, an F1. So, yes, it's been a sad weekend for sport, obviously losing Maradona as well. So, uh, yep, yeah. Absolutely, we do extend our thoughts to everybody there. Um, I heard Ross Clark's was a, was a pretty nasty one, and judging by the description, the sound of it as well. So, fingers crossed to him. Um. Right, yes, started off the games. I think our last time was, was what was it, Elgin with the wind. Uh, so we then moved on to the away trip to Sten, away trip, away trip even, to Stenhouse Muir with a 2 0 loss. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but uh, I watched the entire game, much to my chagrin by the end of it. Uh, possibly the worst performance under James McDonough that I can remember. And that's really yeah. possibly all I really need to say about that. It was horrific from start to finish. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think... just got the. Oh, sorry, you know, I think I caught the, caught the highlights. It was Greg Spence with with two for them. He seems to have, have settled into into a bit of a rhythm with with Steny. Actually, I don't was particularly sure about Spence. Um, but yeah, one of those days he tried a different. I think he tried the front three of Devita, McGill, and C. All of them subbed pretty early on, to be honest with you. So that probably says all about it. We had a lot of attackers on the pitch. I know that's something we'll probably come back to, um, but created very little again and, and a hugely disappointing performance, that one. Yeah, absolutely. Neil, you have got any opinions on this game? Um, I'm not, I'm not going to add anything. I'm just going to say I'm glad I missed it by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't think anybody came out with plus marks, really. Um, the only one... Possibly to come out with a plus lap with Josh Campbell. Otherwise, uh, yeah, just we'll just score a line underneath it and go. Uh, that's plenty. Um, I think James had his his bit about it after the game. Obviously, tried to change it at half time. Got a wee bit of the, the famous hair dryer, which didn't really work. But then again, on the positive, we managed to come out and have a very fine performance against Adrian, who are the league above us. Um, they just walloped Clyde a few days before, uh, and I thought we, we performed pretty well, defended resolutely. Um, looked a lot better having Black and back in the team coming short less punts up the park uh, everything looked pretty good uh, I know Ian Murray was 
slavering in the press about how much possession his team had, but obviously you can only, whatever you do with possession is really what counts, and they did absolutely hee haw until about the last five minutes. Um, obviously, Callum had a couple of good saves, but other than that, I thought they'd be a pretty disappointment, actually. <laughs> uh, you watched it with me, Neil, what did you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that, that was more of a... I, I always feel when you, when you play teams, you know, a league above you, or, you know, or teams maybe who are expected to achieve more at any level of football, when you go, oh, wait a minute, that's a really good benchmark for City um, and for what they've done. Uh, I thought City played really, really well. Like, really well. They seem to have a more balance to the team, um, which is obviously something we can touch on later on as well. But, you know, they played really well that night. Um, full credit to every single one of them. As you say, obviously we mentioned Blackie and that as well. But, you know, you could, we could probably go through every single player, um, you know, and, and give them praise for how well they were um, on that evening. You know, you're playing against a... It's kind of a free hit. Um, you know, you're playing somebody league above you. It's, you know, you didn't want to say it's a free hit because obviously us as fans we expect to win and stuff. But um, yeah, I was I was really really impressed, um, and it's kind of set very high standards. If I have to say, to be honest, but yeah, I was really impressed. Yep, tend to agree there. Did you uh, manage to catch any of this, Ali? Yeah, it is one of the um, one of the guys who works a big Airdrie fan, and um, he was hugely impressed with us uh, and described us as a as a nightmare to play against. And, and he is right, and I think that for me is probably when you look at the team and the way they were set up, and against a good you know a good side that you know with with some big names in that in that Airdrie side, and uh, we'll be interested to see how that um, if, if that unravels. I suspect it probably will, but I think that's how that's McDonough at his most comfortable for me. Which is setting up a team to be difficult to beat, hitting them on, hitting teams on the break. I think he likes shaping teams up, and it feels like that was perfect for him. Some of our, our own, I think, we would probably all agree our best ever performance, or certainly since we joined, came into the league, was in um, was away at our was away at our growth. Even in our first season, actually, in, in the league, we had some tremendous days against some of the better teams. And it's always seemed that that's been that seems to have suited us. We obviously don't get a chance to do it in League Two because we are we are the favourites going into most games. But that just for me, away to Airdrie, the team was set well set up. They were well drilled. It was exactly what I think McDonough is most comfortable doing. Yeah, I've got I've got to agree there. I mean, we, we, we were very good, just kind of playing within ourselves and kind of keeping things a bit tight and hitting on the break. I think we had a, a we made a nice tactical change, pushing Josh Campbell a wee bit out to the right and then bringing Danny Handlin on and playing him in the middle, which allowed Danny a wee bit more space and allowed Campbell to run. And I think a lot of our attacks, especially in the second half, were, were just kind of like balls over the top, a bit like what we used to do for Scott Shepherd, A wee bit ball over the top, into a channel, and run onto it to then cross in for whoever was there. Uh, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a very positive performance. And I was even more so because we had such a disappointing performance the Saturday before. So to change it just within a few days without a training session, I thought was a massive plus point. But then that brings us to the Saturday after that, where we played Sunra. Uh, I was there as part of media duties. Uh, you guys watched it on the stream. Um, it was a rather infuriating game. I think it's probably the best way to put it. We had quite a lot of the ball, but didn't really do anything with it. Stranath played nice and tight, a bit like what we did against Airdrie. And then kind of 
sucker loss on the break. Probably could have had about four or five by the end of the game. Um, Ali, you watched it? What do you think? Yeah, I think from the previous game being McDonough's most comfortable and when he, when he is really impressive, I think this was a, this was us at our worst and and maybe him at his, his worst as, as well. Just a team that goes out and just has plenty of possession and just creates close to nothing. I think I think we had one shot on target, possibly, um, but it was just, it was really tepid, very poor, very slow. And I would suggest for for Stranach, who are not, are not a particularly brilliant side, um, very, very easy to play against. And I think that's a, that's the frustration for me. We got we were niggly. I think we maybe had six or seven bookings. Um, it was just, it was poor all round, I have to say. And we've had a few too many of those, especially at home. I think when teams sit us in, um, we just play right into their right into their hands. Yep, absolutely, Neil. Um, I think the only the only positive from that game at the beat that game was uh, as Ali and I obviously sat and watched it together was um, that we could get up and go for a beer when it was really bad. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I regularly do a bet with one of my friends for the bowling club, and we take two teams each, and I say. And I've even taken Edinburgh City in the same line as Real Madrid at times, you know, thinking, you know, here we go, we've got a chance here. Um, and I took City that weekend and I watched it. My mate texted me, went, it's only 1-0. And I went, it should be at least four at half time. You're lucky it was only 1-0. Um, I have to agree with Ali. It's it, it, it just a bit too... It's kind of a bit like waiting for something to happen. You know, you it, and it's... I suppose it, We'll go on to this as well, but now playing Sam Newman at left wing rather than at left back because at least Sam will go forward and he'll he'll make the unselfish runs. I think we spoke about that a lot the last time. You have to make unselfish runs to create space, you know, and, and it, it really takes... That's when you really... It shows you, you know, how good a team you are, that you have a lot of guys in your team that will make unselfish runs, knowing that you won't necessarily get the ball every time. You won't. You might never get the ball, but if you're making that space for somebody, and it's opening up space for somebody else, I think that's what we were missing that day. We were waiting for something to happen rather than, you know, it was all nice tippy tappy round about, but, and then we started long balls and stuff, and you're just like, nah, you know, you you really have to. We need somebody to then go and stretch the game, um, and the only guy that's a centre forward is it really looks like he can do it. Uh, you know, to maybe go and compliment Blair would be like see a Gabby McGill. Definitely. Um, for me, but, you know, it's difficult for teams when, it'd be difficult for every team in the world, but, it's, you know, for us, we're playing at home, we're playing against Shandra, if they come and sit in, they come and sit in, you know, the boy that played in the left wing that day, their number 11, had a cracking game. Um, I don't, it just, and they just spring you on the break, so, you know, it's, it's because it's fine that balance as well, but you know, I think we were waiting for something to happen that day, unfortunately. Yeah, just it's one of those things I think we, we sometimes get fallen into that trap is we have a tendency to try and pass around teams. It's like what I said in the last pod, we sometimes have a tendency to play almost like an ice hockey power play and you try and pass, 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 pass around the perimeter rather than yeah. going for something to make like somebody to move and make a run or somebody to kind of yeah. pass it to. So yeah. that, that was a concern, really. Um, obviously, it was okay for you guys because you got to sit in a nice warmth. Well, as ever, a stinkingly cold Ainsley Park, um, which is still undoubtedly the coldest stadium uh, imaginable. Uh, one thing I will say that, to bring back to what, what Ali had mentioned, 
we, we took a number of bookings and had two for diving. Um, I don't know how it looked on the stream, but I actually thought Josh Campbell got, he got clipped, although nobody complained about it. And obviously Tommy Lee's photo showed that it looked like the, light, the, the goalie had a hoodies too. Not that it made a massive difference, I mean, um, yeah. Blair was, was really ratty with the referee all day. I think it was probably quite rightly, actually. Uh, but he worked his way to book for it. Blackie took his obligatory descent book in. Um, it, was just, it was just uncharacteristic. You know, we, we normally, Blackie always gets his book anyway. But I just thought it was really uncharacteristic of the team to just have a go at the referee constantly, which probably kind of showed yeah. just how frustrated the team were. As we were watching it, I guess. Um, yeah. But still, another positive um, is we managed to come back on Saturday and give Annan an absolute hounding. Uh, four nothing away from home in a place where it's a pretty difficult place for any team to go, really. Um, obviously, Callum kept us in it with a couple of pretty good saves early on. But um, that was, was a pretty good performance all round. Uh, Neil, you watched it with me? Yeah. I was, I was, I was really impressed. You're saying this, you know, it's a pl- pretty difficult place to play. It's a pretty difficult place just to get to. Although we did have a good, uh, I was fortunate enough to enjoy that away day a few years ago. Although I think we got beat, but you know, it's a, it's a good day out. But um, uh, yeah, I thought it was excellent on Saturday. I mean, for the unfortunately having uh, another team on, I was streaming at the same time who were absolutely horrendous to watching City going. There's great balance in that team. You know, playing um, Liam Henderson at left back now, and you're playing the boy Hamilton in the middle, who looks the part, which is great. Something we've probably needed for a couple of years. There's another guy in there. Um, I thought City were excellent the weekend, really, really did. And it's very Jekyll and Hyde, which is going to be a problem, isn't it? But um, yeah, I was, I was really, really, really impressed. I mean. We, I think we were, we were talking about before it was it how black brown and layered in the middle. How yeah. would that work and and everything? And I mean, we we I think we spoke on our last pod or we spoke collectively that how, do you get two out of three of the guys in your team every week? You'd be doing well, but if you can find a way to put the three of them in, you know, I, I, I it just brings you so much more into your squad and just so much energy and Blair as well. Blair played really, really well leading the line against his old club. Um, done a lot of running, done a lot of selfish running. Um, I thought he played really, really well as well. Yep, Ali. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the game live. I was um, was in walking about Stockbridge, drinking drinking pints on a very, very enjoyable Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um, but was uh, um, but was that missing? So got the highlights. Um, got the highlights earlier today. Again, I think for the first save for Mantel was was an absolutely outstanding stop. And I, obviously you guys, I didn't see the game, um, so I don't know whether it was one of these ones that really did change the flow of it, but I think they had another, they had another chance quite quickly after as well. Um, and obviously with all our goalkeeping issues last year, it looks like Antel seems fit and has started the season relatively well from, from, from the games I've seen anyway. I do like that midfield three. Um, I would, it does look like Liam Brown's playing a bit further forward this year, which is which is great. I think he was almost like a he was a bit of a, an Andy Black replacement last year when 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 Blackie was was injured. But I think Brown's got that ability to to carry the ball forward and make those runs that do cause defences problems. Laird's always going to sit back a bit further, 
um, his cross for the for, for Blair's header was was good. Blair looked aggressive as well up front, which is something that that's been lacking. He looked not frustrated, but he looked like he was you know he was putting defenders under pressure. Great assist for the for the first goal um, as well. And it looks like a it looks like a better balanced team that than I think we've really struggled getting the balance right so far this season. If we go back to the Stranraer game, you see the four subs, or four, three or four subs that were made. It was just chucking attackers on, almost just just to see if something would would stick. I think the fact that McGill got most of the game, he's a he's a strong runner. It just feels like a more powerful, a more powerful team. I had a quick look. Actually, I was thinking about how hard it normally is to go. That's and I haven't actually won at home yet this season. They've only played three games, but that's two defeats and a draw from a team that you're right would normally be considered really strong at, at home but we've got to take a lot of positives from from that it's you know we've not scored a lot of goals recently this really has to get guys in and then Blair was close to his hat-trick if we can get him back you know to the, the levels of goal scoring that we know he can deliver then then we do have a, have a real chance and that can be a difference maker in, in this league I totally agree uh, I thought Blair was one of his best performances he's had for us um, he was he was wanting to put himself about set up that header for, for Liam's first like the opening goal where Liam was, was was good he was good defensively he was coming for balls um, you know I, I think sometimes Blair and he'll probably make that himself can be a bit static but on Saturday absolutely everywhere and he was he was absolutely fantastic a total handful of the nuisance for the entire time and then we're having those three behind them as you rightly say with Brown playing a bit higher up as he has done um, that kind of like Blair uh, Laird sit just behind and then Black sit behind just again so it's almost like a nice kind of like almost like a line at least Brown kind of runs about a little bit Black comes short for the defence to save the punt up the park for the most part and then Laird just kind of sweeps up in the middle and it just worked really really well I thought um, I thought Liam played really well at left back as well he's played what's that two three games at left back and I think he's played pretty decently yeah. actually um, yeah Right, we'll come on to that shortly about the positives for the for the for the club. Uh, upcoming games, um, the next couple, we have Albion Rovers at home on Saturday, and then the big one away at Hamden. How do you see that one going, um, Ali? I expect this to be Albion Rovers. They look they look pretty poor, to be honest with you. Um, again, I think they've lost all their games so far this season at home. We have to be beating. We have to be beating Albion Rovers, and I'm I'm, com- I'm confident that we. That we that we will obviously less confident about the game in the game in Glasgow. I think a real pity when we're obviously all stuck at not getting to go to the games. I know that's one that that is good fun to get to go to, and, and will probably be the last one at, at Big Hamden. I guess I can't actually remember how the fixtures yeah. split with us. I don't expect us. Oh no, I think we're away. Second last game of the season, we're away there. So if um, if this vaccine works, we might get to that one after all. But that will be a pity to to miss that. And talked about it at Queens Parker. They put together a team that's designed to get out of this league. They look like they look like they're going to do it. Um, but it would be great to go there and, and put in a bit of a statement. I expect I expect us to beat Albion Rovers um, at home on on Saturday. And I'd like to see us go away to to Hampden and actually just and just remind teams that we're there. And if you think of some of the performances we've had in the previous seasons, we should be able to to give Queen's Park a bit of a, a bit of a scare. And we always like that big pitch um, at Hampden. We've put in some tremendous performances there over the over the recent years. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, it's, it's I'm kind of the same boat as Ali. I mean, I don't, uh, I'll maybe watch, try and watch what I say, but I don't really have much sympathy for the, the, um, you know, the the manager, Albion Rovers, when he's talking about how he's glad he didn't have to play a league playoff and everything like that. It's like, well, you know, that's yeah, fair enough, mate. But no times are hard and stuff like that. But you know, clubs put. There's been too much of oh, we're, it's the status quo. Let's just be happy with it, sort of thing, for too long for me and for you know for these we, we've done it, we've seen it, we were there for these clubs that you know that are just sort of scraping the barrel just to kick about. Yeah, I, I don't really have much time for time for the manager. Maybe the clubs don't like that. It's maybe just the manager, but um, I would I would expect us to then go and beat them. The same token, I agree with Ali. It would be nice to be able to go to Hamden, um, you know, before it before Queens Park move out. I know we were all there a few a couple of years ago, if not last year. So, um, but again, I agree with Ali. We need to. It would be nice to see us go and make a statement. And it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past us. I probably. Be, I would. It would be typical city that you know we struggle against Albion Rovers and scrape a one 0 victory, and then we go to Hamden and we put up a massive performance and, and walk away with a comfortable one. It wouldn't put it past City, you know, especially the way the team has been this season. Um, you know, go and put an Airdrie style performance in against Queen's Park. You know, it quite easily could be done. Eh? So I wouldn't surprise. Yeah, definitely. I think I think as we said, obviously, as you mentioned earlier on, it's that type of type of game we're maybe just suited to is just keeping it kind of nice and tight and stuffy and hitting on the break. Um, we'll have I've had some big performances at Hamden. I think that was four 0 one a couple of years ago. We were absolutely unplayable that day. Um, we used the entirety of the pitch. We were just brilliant. Um, obviously, it's a different, a massively different Queen's Park team now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, fingers crossed on that. Um, so, next, looking at some of the positives for the season. We'll do that before we start wondering why we're so Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, so, I was going to start with the performances of Sam Newman. Um, I think we mentioned them in the last pod. I'm going to mention them again in this pod. Um, we still obviously a wee bit naive in some ways, uh, a bit raw, but certainly Sam has been an absolute standout for me. Um, come up for the 20s, where he, was, where he was pretty dominant, it's got to be said. I mean, obviously me and, me and Neil watched a number of games last year. He's came in, he's played an unfamiliar position for the majority of the season. Uh, he's now moved up to his kind of more natural position, and I think he's still playing really well. You know, he's maybe he still needs a wee bit more experience. Uh, a couple of the boys were try to coach him through the games when I was there at Stranraer. But certainly it's a massive positive for me. Uh, Ali? Yeah, I think he's, um, you guys had watched him a bit last season in, in the 20s and, and spoke very highly of him. And you could see straight away that um, there was something about him. I think physically he's good as well. I know he's only, I think he's still just 19, but he's there's, there's decent strength there. And I don't think he would have been trusted to play left back if he wasn't physically physically able to cope with it. So he deserves huge credit for that. I do wonder whether he'll be, when you think of how, how important fullbacks are in the, in the modern game, and that even goes down to, to League Two level, I would probably expect him to move to left-back. I wouldn't be, sorry, I wouldn't be overly surprised if he, he did move to left-back permanently, but he's done himself the world of, the world of good um, with us. And it's great to see players making that. I'm not always sure how much trust the manager has in, in, in young players. And you can understand that's a tough league, but it's a great example for, for some of the other guys that are, that are there. If they can play well in the 20s, 
you know, get a bit of time on the bench, get in amongst the first team and actually go on to, to kick on and play some regular games. So, no, full credit to him. He's certainly been, for all the frustrations we've had this season, I think he's really stood out and can hold his head up high. No doubt about it at yeah. all. Really? Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, from what we've seen last year, especially playing in the 20s, he certainly looked the most, the one that was ready, the most physical. Typical of Scottish football, we say the one that's got the best physique that was ready to go, but, you know, it's... I agree with Ali, he could probably end up playing left-back when you see the way the, the way the game's gone, but, you know, to the same token as well, he could quite easily go and play left midfield and left wing. He's got enough pace to go past someday. Again, you know, I touched on earlier on, he's making unselfish runs. You know, he's creating space for folk. Um, he's a young guy. He's got the world at his feet. He's certainly got a lot of ability. Um, he certainly did stand out. I mean, we should have played left-back a few times as well last year. Maybe when they played like the three at the back and stuff, maybe that'll come. We never know. Um, but it certainly gives some great balance there. If he's playing, you know, as a left-winger at the moment, and you're playing Liam Henderson beside him, or behind him, sorry, who's probably traditionally more of a left, left-sided centre-half who's not known for bombing forward although he likes the odd goal um, you know it's, it's probably a good balance on that side although you, you know you, then you are missing the likes of your Callum Cranes and, and, and your Robbie McIntyre's as well eh? So, um, but yeah really impressed with Sam um, and hopefully he can keep it up and as Ali says you know it's good to see some of the young guys getting a chance because there was a few in that under 20 squad that you thought technically they were really really good but you know I mean, not that Robert and I are the are you know are size zeros, but um, you know when you we were walking off the pitch at the end and you would say well done, or if we knew one or two or knew somebody's dad or whatever, you'd look at the size of them and go, when I was that age, I was probably slightly bigger. Maybe that's just the way the world. But um, you know that's before before I quit playing football and everything like that with my dodgy knees and ankles. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's guys filling out, you know, and it's you've got to give them time to do it. So, but Sam looks like he's the one that's more advanced at all that, and fingers crossed he can keep right. it. Up. I mean, I, I think the one thing that a lot of defenders will probably get burnt on is just how fast Sam is, and deceptively yeah. so. Um, I know he was he was really rapid in the twenties, and I think a number of people were like, "Is he going to be as fast when he moves up?" And the answer is, yes, he absolutely is. Um, <laughs> So I think there's going to be a few boys that will get a wee bit of a scare. Uh, my only concern, I think, for Sam is that obviously when Callum and, and Sexy and Matt come back fit, then where does it kind of position them? Would we end up maybe playing a 4-3-3 or something like that and have three up the left? Does he kind of come in and out the squad? I don't know. But fingers crossed, it's very positive so far. Uh, moving on, we have the return of Andy Black. Uh, not that I am totally biased or anything because me and Neil sponsor him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I do reckon I, I do think he's made a bit of a difference coming back in you, you can see he's, he's his usual terrier-like self you know that long injury layoff and especially the injury that he had it didn't really seem to kind of put off his usual playing style which you know some people can be a bit reticent after those injuries he's still in there he's still diving in tackles he's still getting in the referee's face he's still annoying the players Um I think the main thing, the main difference I noticed when Black is in the team, as I've said repeatedly already, is that it helps come short for the ball to the two centre-halves. So rather than like Conrad or Lee Hamilton or Liam Henderson, whoever it may be, get the ball and can hoof 
Platy at least at least he comes short, gets the ball, and then he can spread it around to whoever's in front, which I think makes a massive difference to the balance of the team. Um, because I don't really think any of our centre forwards are kind of long ball specialists, so to speak. Although obviously players flick on on Saturday was pretty good. Uh, what do you think of that, uh, Neil? Yeah, no, I totally agree, and it's it's probably something that yeah, I think I've probably touched on before that. Um, or I touched on to you certainly the only thing I could ever liken watching Blackie and Laird at their best playing was like watching when I used to watch Hearts play with playing Gomez and, and uh, you play Gomez and Prince Warburton in the middle of the park and go they two just bounce off each other and they come and take the ball short and you take shots and they mix it up and it's and it's probably something Laird they done last year but missed you know, miss somebody else doing it as well. You know, it becomes too much, too obvious if one guy's doing it all the time sort of thing. So, yeah, Blackie's, it's good to have Blackie back, you know, especially such a long injury. Um, when you get yourself back, it's great for anybody. But, you know, he's made a massive difference and it maybe will then release the likes of Liam Brown to go and play his natural game. Um, you've got Josh Campbell in there. They might go and release him a bit further because he looks like he'd be more productive playing further forward rather than, you know, try to play in there beside somebody if you give him a wee bit more of a free roll off the right or something. So, yeah, it's good to have um, it's good to have the wee man back. He, he's got a good bit of bite in that middle of the park as well, which is we keep going. You know, Lady's a fantastic player. He's been a great servant for the club, but Blackie just gives you that wee bit extra dig that you need in the middle of the park. We're not going to get walked over if he's playing. Let's put it that way. Certainly, what we need. So it's good to have him back. Yeah, definitely, Ali. Yeah, I think we're we're There's a handful of guys in the team that you think you know. You can see. I think he came from from Dundee. You can see he's been well coached. Yeah, he understands the game well. You know, if he can stay clear of injuries, he is one of the guys that might that might move up into into full time football. And I think when he's in the team, he's he's so aggressive getting the ball that. Actually, I think people think of him as a as like a defensive player, and I guess he is position wise. But because he's so aggressive and because he wins the ball so well, he's actually a really really good attacking outlet for us as well. Because it turns the game around when he snaps into tackles, and actually he's really brave on the ball as well. He last the ball and he'll try and spin off players, and it just kind of it puts the team on the, the opposition team on the back foot. I think he's a tremendous a tremendous player. I don't know how many man the match awards he's won. From well, from each of us on this, uh, from each of us on this, this recorded, and I totally deserved uh, just a, a tremendous player. Great to have him back. That was a that was a bad injury he had, and it, from what I can see, it doesn't appear to be any ill effects. Um, obviously, really hard, especially with, with part time players when they have those types of injuries. You know, what how much care can they can they actually get when they've got other jobs and stuff as well? So. No, delighted to see Blackie back in the, the fold. An absolutely wonderful footballer. Got to echo those words. Um, he's obviously one of my favourites. Uh, I took great pride in giving him that uh, the first supporters club player of the year. Uh, I think that surprised a number of people, but I think it really showed just how the supporters rated him for what he'd done on the pitch and exactly for the kind of things that you were saying, Ali. Uh, uh, so just, uh, just wonderful to see him back. Wonderful mm-hmm. to see him back. Uh, next one. Uh, I, was going to try, well, I was going to try and not pick out too many players, but unfortunately we've got another couple to go. Um, I think the performances of Lee Hamilton since his coming start and have been absolutely brilliant. You know, I think he was only really coming in to cover, and that's essentially what he kind of done to start with. But I'd, I'd, I'd be really reticent to drop him. 
He looks really comfortable on the ball. He's positional wise, he looks very good. Um, you know, seems to pass the ball well. He tackles well. I think he's a super asset. I think he's played really, really, really well. Um, Ali. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of these ones. I know we've we've often brought in players that you think are just going to be are just going to be cover. Can maybe play on the right hand side to cover for for Tomo. Can you know can play can play centre half as as well. And I think I think that's what everybody thought he was going to he was really going to do. I mean, was he, he's mid mid twenties and he's been in and around the clubs in this in this league in the lower tier for a while. But I'm a bit surprised that. Yes, because I think his start has been absolutely tremendous. I I don't know. I mean, I think Balotelli and Henderson would probably still be the first choice. But are you going to maybe play Henderson at left back when, when Crane and McIntyre are back? And I'm not I'm not sure. But Hamilton has been a, a really pleasant surprise because we've seen plenty of these players before that have just kind of played the odd game and have not been any great shakes. But no, he looks a he looks a step above that. So he's been a, a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, definitely. Really. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I think when you look, you bring in, we're saying we're bringing in his backup. We obviously don't know that officially, but you've had such a you know a good partnership in in, in Henderson and Balotelli, and then we had guys come in and they just really never how do we put it? Set the heather on fire, you know. They, they never when they got their chance, it was like, oh well, they've got their chance. Balotelli's back next week, or Hendo's back next mm-hmm. week. You know, you, you really want somebody to go. Wait a minute. I've come in, I know I'm not going to get in straight away, I've got to take my chance. And from certainly from what I've seen, he certainly has. I'm very, very surprised that um, Stronar let him go. But then again, um, if it's maybe a wee bit easier to get to for us, so there's always that positive as well with being in Edinburgh. But um, <clears throat> I've been really impressed with him. Um, hopefully he can sustain you know, some consistency. You know, he doesn't really like, he puts too much effort in, if, you know, so which is a which is a good sign for a centre-half. You know, when a, you see a centre-half putting in too much effort, you're going, wait a minute, you need to learn to read the game a bit better. Or, you know, but he seems like he is being quite effortless with what he's doing in that, which is which is, which is is good to see. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, his first start was against the Edge and he came in like he'd never... like You know, it wasn't just like... It's like he'd been thrown in or anything. He was so comfortable playing against the Edge. He snuffed them out really well. You know, and he's carried that on. So yeah, he's been a he's been a massive bonus, I think. Um, probably the last player we'll, we'll, we'll highlight, or I think we should highlight, uh, is the goalkeeper, uh, Mister Antel. Uh, I know he sometimes divides the fan base, um, and he probably admit that himself. That sometimes his form over the over his early part of his city career, anyway, perhaps wasn't hugely great. Um, but I think year on year he's got better. Um, he certainly saved us for a few hidings a couple of times, and I think he's 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 had a really good season so far this year. You know, obviously we had Kelby possibly coming in after his loan. Um, Callum himself's been injured. We had how many goalkeepers last year? Was it seven? Seven was it in the end? Um, <laughs> I think we'll go for a world bit. We could always made a full eleven of goalkeepers last year, you know. Um, but Callum's come back after his injury, and he looks he just looks a lot more settled. It's probably the most settled I've seen him since he signed. Uh, how do you reckon to that, Ali? Yeah, I think we, we chatted about it earlier. He can make this type of saves that he made on on Saturday early on. Um, a, a remarkable, remarkable save. And you know what? His distribution's fine. He's he's aggressive. I think. I think the fact he's got two 
in fact, the, the back four is pretty calm. He's not got, you know, he's not got anybody, none, none of those guys that play directly in front of him, he has to particularly worry about. There's nobody particularly rash. And I feel like that's helped him settle. He does, you know, he looks more comfortable with himself. Uh, he's obviously over his over any injury issues. And and hopefully that's the, the goalkeeper curse over for us because that was that was absolutely remarkable, remarkable last year. Um I actually could probably couldn't name in fact I couldn't name all, all seven of them, but I know there was there was around there was around that. But no, Antel to that had a really good start to the a really good start to the season. Um playing a bit busier than I would have liked him to have been, but uh but no, fair play to him. Yep, Neil. Yeah, I, I agree with Ali. I think for for Callum coming in, when Callum come, came in, you know, with Hudstoby, uh, McGregor, that done really, really, really well. And you're thinking, he came in, he looked a bit shaky, you're going, oh, here we go. Um, but, you know, he, he certainly has changed. Um, and, and like Ali's saying, it's probably because he's got settled guys in, behind him. Uh, or in front of him, sorry. You know, so he's not... I think that's probably helped. It's probably helped the team in a whole as well, having that sort of settled back four. And even bringing the making the one change so far with Hamilton there, it's probably helped him leap, become on leaps and bounds because, if, like you say, it certainly divided the uh, support when we first signed him. Um, uh, when we had the odd chance to speak to certain coaching staff and managers at certain hospitality dues um, <laughs> <laughs> after too much drinking so what have we done that what have we signed him for and going you know having a laugh trying to have a laugh with him but you were being serious um, but he certainly you know give him his due you've got to give him credit where credit's due um, hopefully he can continue uh, and keep it up you know he had, he's had a he's had a hard school to follow um, and he's certainly um, fulfilling that now yeah, I think uh, I think you're rightly saying. Well, I think the more settled the front four, or I was going to say the back. It's certainly the back four, but the four in front of obviously, um, the more settled they are, the better he seems to play. And I'm just wondering maybe if the goalkeeping coach changes maybe slightly helped him as well. You know, um, I believe Jim McQueen's back, the old Meadowbank Thistle goalkeeper. I wonder if he's maybe made a slight change as well, and that's maybe just been a, a small bit that he's managed to see, and that's what's kind of. Changed Antel's form a little bit. Um, I suppose we can only guess, really. But yeah, I'd be pretty impressed with Calm. Um, right. We'll probably get to the biggest topic of the night, maybe. I suppose until we get to Mr. Monk's Moans. Um, <laughs> we'll be very, very Jekyll and Hyde. And, I, and it's pretty hard to put a, like, the finger on exactly what's causing it. You know, like the gaffer was absolutely furious after Sunra. I think. He was probably more angry after Sermar than he was after Stenhouse Muir, even though Stenny was probably a worse performance. But, I mean, you can see it, because, you know, James is, is usually pretty um, up front in these post-match interviews, and he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking and exactly what he's told the players, usually. Um, he was quite effusive again on, on his praise on, on Saturday, quite rightly. But even he says, he can't quite put his finger on it. I'm not sure either. Um, I've got some theories, so we can maybe take them one by one. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get slagging off any players. That is not what we're going to do here. If you want that, go to some else's pods. That's not what we're going to do. Uh, we'll pick out players for being positive, but we're not going to just start slagging off the safe. Um Is it possibly that we've had an unsettled 11 
because I think over the first two years it, with this with this group of guys, because we got it, them, we stayed together for this is now our third year, right? Year when we, we started off and then kind of fell away a bit because we got tired. We had almost the same eleven every week. Last year, majority same eleven every week. We're higher up the league, playing a bit more consistently. This season, it's been almost up and change a lot. Moved about the attackers. Um, defense has been pretty solid. Midfield uh, changes quite a lot. Like Danny Handlin's been there. Brown's been in there a couple of times. Black's been in there a couple of times. Lady came in, injured out. Uh, front ones, Blair's been in and out a little bit. You know, Bull's been in and out. We've tried Rafa De Vita a little bit. Do you think it's maybe the unsettledness is kind of causing a wee bit of these issues? Uh, I, I was going to say that's probably going to be my moan, but um, so we'll, I'll, I'll start now. But yeah, I think so. I think that's a big thing. I know it's difficult. You bring in new guys, and whether they're going to settle, and you know, James obviously looks at the players a lot more than we do. So, you know, you can't consistently keep playing the same eleven all the time because you know complacency will set. But um, you know that that probably does it for me. That. But, it's like a chopping and changing, but you know, listening to some of James's interviews as well, you know, he's talking about he's trying to find something at the now, he's just trying to get something going. Um, I don't know. I suppose I've got I've got another moan that I could have in a minute, but um, yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. I mean, you you bring in guys. He's obviously trying to bring in a second striker. We've no longer got Scott. We've not got Scott Shepherd anymore. Should I bring in a second striker? And from what I've seen, and whether you guys will agree, I think the guy to play beside Blair is the boy Gabby McGill. I know he's on loan and he comes in slightly later, but for me, if I was going to play with a two, it would be Gabby McGill. Um, I think that's probably your first thing, because you look at partnerships all over your pitch. We spoke about Hendo and Balotoni being a good partnership for so long. Obviously, Hamilton's coming there, but you still got that partnership because they're playing on the left side of the back four. You've got your guys in the middle of the park that have probably got a good rapport. You've got to try and find link-ups. We talked about Callum and, 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 and Rab playing so well together. You've got to find these links. <laughs> it's a wee bit disappointing that you know we're getting to so far into the season now and we're still probably talking about it, that could we as a, as a trio sit and pick our best 11? In all seriousness, could we? We would probably all be different. We might be close, but we're all probably different. I think James is probably in the same boat at the moment, going, who should be in X or who should be playing there? You know, and, and I think that's probably hindering him. Um, not through anybody's fault, I don't think either, but I just don't think that's helping the guys. At the yep, moment. Ali? Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think the really frustrating thing about this is, I think we probably saw it coming because... And, and I, I, when we look at the transfer business this window, I think we all sat there and there'd be, you know, the, the tweets would come up or, or we'd get a text or whatever, and there's another striker and another striker. And you're just going, well, it's a, just a very, it just didn't feel like a very joined up approach. And that's that's played out during the season where we've tried different combinations. I would agree with Rooney. I think Mikel, um as kind of a shepherd replacement doing that. You know he is a he is aggressive. He will he will press. He will cause teams problems, um, but just doesn't feel that we've got 
a, a way of playing that we rely on other than when we end up falling into bad habits, which is just being, it's just passing all the time and, and not really getting anywhere, kind of lazy, lazy, sterile possession. It just, for me, that's where our problems in apply. We are inconsistent because we don't have that, that backbone to, to rely on. We're chopping and changing attackers all the time. You're right, defence is settled. Midfield really is settled, but it's, it's just a, a pick them with a toss of a coin up front to be honest with you and actually it's quite hard to get an idea of what the players are like because they're only playing in little fits and starts if, if someone's in on loan and is only playing 15 minutes every every second week or something I mean that's not great for their development they're obviously not going to, to fit in they're only training twice a week as well it just felt like a very strange transfer window and it, I think that really has played out on the on the pitch for me. I totally agree. Um, and that, you, both of you mentioned the McGill probably brings me on to my second, what was going to have for my second point. Now, I know he divided opinion at times when you see it, especially because he's finishing, as he admitted himself, as pretty poor. Um, but we t- I think we've missed Scott Shepard quite a lot. You know, he gave us something a bit different up front, which McGill seems to have replaced fairly well, I think. And that was the fact that we kind of run at defenders, you run at the channels and you kind of put balls in that we chase and that we kind of stretch the defence slightly longer and slightly more across the pitch than what we've what done at the beginning part of this season. Um, and I know he had his faults and I know he was a money bastard and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I, I really do think we do miss him. Um, and I know some people weren't his huge fans or anything, but I think it's noticeable that he's not played when he's not played, and we're trying to substitute that. It shows, um, and I think as obviously James said in his interview before the season, like it was a difficult decision to make. Um, personally, I wouldn't like. I, 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 it is a tough decision, um, but yeah, he, he kind of gave us something a bit different. Um, what do you think of that, Ray? Really? I think uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I think what we need, uh, what we've missed, is you've got a guy that plays up front. Um, you know he's had a fantastic goal scoring record in Blair. You know he's 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 you've missed Scott and you you've missed a degree. You've missed Al, we're missing Alan Smith. Um, you know you're you're missing guys that can be a foil. You know and can go and complement Blair. Um, you know and I know it's not all about one man team and it shouldn't all be about Blair, but we're missing guys that can go and complement Blair. Is McGill the man to do it? I hope so, because he's the one that looks like he's going to fill the void at the moment, anyway. Um, I think that's a big thing. I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that's what it is, though. We are missing somebody that can go, um, you know, that, that can go and be a foil for Blair, that can go and do the legwork, can wait, I'm going to say it again, can go and do the unselfish running so Blair can then swap up behind, or if Blair goes and stretches it when he goes and chases a ball, somebody's going to get in there beside him because, like anybody, and I would imagine we're all the same, you'd be right huffy if you're doing all that legwork and nobody else is doing it. Or, you know what I mean, or the guy beside you isn't doing it. So, um, I, yeah, bang on. Yeah, Sally. Bang on. Yeah, and I think we've talked about, mentioned McGill, and I think it's because he is the closest to, to Shepard, but it comes back to, there's no point giving McGill one game and then having him out for, for two weeks or something. If, if we think there is a and strike partnership, especially at this level, strike partnerships make a huge difference. Getting somebody up close to, to Blair Henderson makes him a significantly better player, much much harder to play against because you've got the movement around him. 
Um, and I think we just need to stick with someone and actually give them a chance to build a partnership. I just don't. That that was my point earlier that we're we're all over the place with who's who's paying up, playing up. You know, the beat is a big name, and, and fairness has played relatively well. But we've got guys on on loan. Was there any real need to bring these types of guys in if if Miguel is on loan for the season? And we think he's going to be the give us the option. I'd like to see a proper go at a partnership. I think it would make a massive difference. Shepard was not a he was an incredibly frustrating player. I really didn't like him throwing his hands up all the time. I think if I'd be one of his teammates, I really, really wouldn't have liked that. Um, <laughs> but but I suppose he makes up for it because he does work hard. Like he did he did run the, the channels. And even when he was playing badly, he must have been a nightmare to defend against. I think a lot of I think I think when as a team when we play badly we, we're really easy to defend against because there's very little there's very little threat we resort to just trouble hitting crossballs in for or diagonals in for for Henderson. I think but, it's, Ali. I think what you like you know as well you're talking about we're talking about partnerships even when we played. I mean we go back a couple of years. We're playing with Smith. We're playing with Shepherd. You're playing with another guy. They didn't necessarily have to play too right through the middle. Shep should play no. right, right, you know, mm-hmm. and but he would still run off player, or you know what I mean, and he would still hold that partnership with him. You can't say you can't do that with Gary McGill, but you know that that's what you're looking for, isn't it? Aye, so, I think I obviously you picked up on Alan Smith not playing as well. Um, he made a massive difference to the team at times. Yeah, I think going back to like like McDonald's first full season when we had Blair, we kind of Smith and Sheps, and then Hanlon behind the Laird and Black behind them two. And game three, sorry, was just magnificent to watch. Um, maybe trying to get a wee bit like that again, I don't know. But yeah, certainly certainly that's a, kind of a bit of the problem. Um, so it kind of nicely brings me to my last point. I know you're never a fan of this, Ali, but we're going to say it anyway. Injuries. Uh, you know, I, I'm wondering possibly if some of the injuries are going to take the toll on some of the players. You know, we had a longer layoff as well. If that's can they maybe put them out of culture a little bit, you know? So rather than playing them playing up until April, May, maybe what six weeks off maximum, back again, back to it. I'm just wondering if maybe like that longer layoff has maybe put off a step. And then obviously you've had a lot of injuries recently, so obviously Rab and Rab's back, Rab's out, Alex Harris is out, or they came back on the bench. Same for Callum Crane. Um, I think Blair will still carry in. Blackie's had 18 months off, although he's back. Lairdy's been in and out injured. You know, I'm just wondering if maybe that's if that's partly to do with it as well. Um, Ali? Yeah, I think... I do get frustrated when, when we're talking about injuries. I think when you look at the squad, it's still a, a pretty big a pretty big squad there. It's always hard to... I, I don't know. I, for me, it often feels like it often feels like excuses. I think we should have more than enough to to get through these these games. A handful of, of influential players we lose. <coughs> yeah, we, we have yeah a couple of big players that have that have missed out from significant periods. But you do have to just adapt to that. Like you, you really do. You have to find ways. Other teams have that as well, and we we maybe focus on on, on City because we know the squad and we know the injuries. Uh, just for me, I don't know. Always gets my back up slightly when you when people go to the injury injury excuse. Uh, the guys that are on the park should be good enough to 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 deliver for us. I think the I think the squad is strong. I, I really do, um, and it should be one. And it is one of the strongest in the league. 
I do take the point. I do take the point, but it's one of my really? one of my frustrations. Um, yeah, I can kind of see both sides of the argument. You know, you lose guys, and you know, they're key men, etc. You lose too many for too long, etc. But um, I'm probably at this point, I'm probably more in Ali's corner. You know, like Ali's pointed out, we're watching Twitter over the summer and going, we signed a striker, we signed another one, we signed another one. You're like, is there games we've played already this season? We've only played one, you know, so, um, and obviously there'll be reasoning behind that. But, you know, it's, since the start of the season, have we had anybody that's had a healthy injury, that's had a really long layoff that wasn't there last year? You know, so you're looking at probably Callum Crane and Rab, who have you know continued their injuries. Yeah, Anybody else really? You know, guys have come back. He's been kind of like, out, and certainly, I, I believe he's been dealing with, with, with know, a, so a small niggle. Well, he has been in and out this year. I don't know which won't help. So, yeah, but then you know you're, you're missing Lairdy. You then do have Liam Brown and Andy Black to play in the middle. So. I kind of get it, but I'm kind of in Ali's boat as well. You know, it is a big squad. Um, guys like Davita and that, I mean, I was like, wow. I was like, that's a misprint. I'm getting him. But, you know, if these guys don't cut it until January and we can get rid of them in January, then get rid of them, you know, and look to maybe bring others in. But um, this kind of, I, I probably, <laughs> I try not to, but I'm probably going to sit the fence. I can, I can understand both sides. I can see both sides of the argument, really. But I think at the moment the jury's probably out whether they can use that. Use that as a reason. Yeah, I, think that's as an excuse. I think both sides of that are pretty well Um Right, so we'll come to a nice new section. Uh, maybe it depends on how long it lasts. Uh, he's been desperate because he's desperate to get back in the ground. Uh, Mister Mons, take it away. <laughs> Well, I'm surprised you didn't say in the positives the potential for a vaccine. It does seem like we're maybe a little bit closer <laughs> to getting in before the end of the season. So I can release some of my, some of my frustration. Um, and I think I'm going to be a, bit, a, a gentle start. And actually, we've touched on this individual quite a few times today. And Ramona is going to be just our complete inability to deal with Alan Smith not being in the, not being in the team. Our complete inability to to find someone to replace what he does. And I think, I was looking back from, looking back at, at, at last season. Um, so on the uh, early October last season, we lost away at Cowden Beef. Tomo got sent off, I think uh, David Cox scored. After that though, we went on a run, next 12 games, we won 10 of them. There's a draw at home to Elgin and fair play, we lost it. We lost at Hamden. Uh, within that run, and we played well. There was a few, nicked a few wins, and some of it was it, it was it was tight. But we were scoring goals. We were playing well. Smith was a huge, huge player at that stage. And in that win, and in that run, there was a win against Cove Rangers. If you remember, um, Liam scored. Liam scored twice. It was tight then, but we, you know we really went up against them. And for all that Cove had done well, and they're doing well again this season, but we looked for a team that could really, really compete. We looked a good. We looked a good side. Um, a couple of games later, Smithy won us the, the game, the last-minute winner away at Stirling Albion. And I think everybody at that stage was was right. You know what? We've got a really good team here. We're on a great run. And then we, again, we played Cowden Beef at home in the, the last game of the year, um, 28th of December. 
And I remember, I can't remember if I said it, but I, I definitely put it on Instagram that if Alan Smith stays fit, that we go up. And I genuinely, genuinely believe that. Now, this was obviously uh, before before COVID and then before we knew the various uh, ramifications of what was going to happen to the to the league. But it really did feel that, OK, Cove might win the league, but we are by far the next best in League Two and would absolutely fancy our chances in League One. Um, and then I think we won away again at Elgin in the first the first game of um, the first game of the year. So again, absolutely flying. And then that's when Smithy dropped out. So we lost Alan Smith. And just and then we went for I think we lost the next we lost four of the next six actually. Um and it just and then finished with a kind of a nil-nil draw against Brecon then and then actually a one-one draw against Cowden Beat as well. And we'd never ever looked the same side and it was just so frustrating that we couldn't find a way to just to, to really kick on from there and it just felt that that one piece seemed to be holding everything together and it, I think for me it was Smithy's running the fact that he would pick up the ball and he would go and he would commit players now we've got guys like Alex Harris who's played at a really good level Gary Handling Harris in particular actually should be doing that that's the kind of thing that we want from that we want from him to be able to go, to run at players, to commit players, to get defenders turned. And it just, it's such a frustration. When you look back at how well we were playing and, and the run we were on, it just feels like since then, we've never really put anything, any sort of run of form together. Now, I know obviously things were, were curtailed with, with COVID. And if I was really wanting to moan, we could talk about the, the fact there's been a lot of... Uh, a lot of mention in the in the press over the over the summer about teams that were negatively affected by by stopping the season early. Barely anyone mentioned us. We were in the playoffs and we had a real good shot of getting up. That is a real that is a real frustration. I think we all we all feel that you know we would have backed ourselves to to at least have a real good chance in the in the in the playoffs. But that for me is if we cannot. I think the frustration is if our style of play relies on somebody like Alan Smith, I don't think we've gone out and bought somebody to replace him, unless it is McGill again, but maybe he's a shepherd replacement. It looks like we've gone and bought lots of good players again, but who will play in front of defenders rather than running at them and committing them. Guys like Josh Campbell, who I think has been excellent or looks an excellent footballer, um, but he doesn't, he does have, has that habit that handling does as well, despite being very good of just playing in front of players. I feel like we've missed Alan Smith. We've not replaced him. And it just, again, this season, we all sat there right at the start and we said, you know what, we need a fast start this year. But it's a shorter season. Queen's Park are putting a team together. Okay, they've got big financial backing. But our start has been so poor. It's just, we've just stuttered and we've let them get away from us. When we could have actually gone and put some real pressure on it. looked like we might that first game of the season. Um, but, for me, it all goes back to that kind of the fact that when we missed Alan Smith, everything has really dropped a couple of gears since then. It's been a it's been a real problem, and for me, it's a bit of a concern that we've not been able to address that. We know how long he was going to be out for, and we hope he is back, you know, at some point in the in the near future. And he's a great player, to, he's a great player to watch. Um, but that for me is my my big moan, my big frustration that we couldn't find a way to replace what he does in the team and I think we had to to give ourselves a chance to, yeah, to I'll, put a bit of pressure I'll, I'll on probably go with that as well. Uh, Rennie, any, any quick views on that? 
I, I felt like clapping after that. I felt like that was excellent. <laughs> Yeah, I could, I could, I any I totally. I, I mean, you, you made some massive difference. I mean, that that last minute winner at, at Stirling Albion. I mean, you can you, the, the absolute roar that went up from us. Um, it's, it's. I mean, it was it was probably louder than some English Premier League grounds. Um, and there was only about thirty five of us. Yeah, I definitely. I think Smith's a wonderful player. Um, I know a few of our friends that sometimes come intermittently are huge fans of Alan Smith as well. So, yep, that's that's pretty much got that covered. Uh, anything else, guys? Anything you want to bring up, Rene? I think... Uh, well, you can use that as part of your moan, then. We'll call it anything else. I'll be able to beat... I don't know if I beat that. I think what we are missing at the moment, and I think football generally is missing it. Um, and as I say, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm just going to have a go at players, but I think at the moment there's a lack of accountability, you know, and it, it's, it's a case of, and I hope it's not the case for our club, you know, if there's a, a, a poor performance or an abject performance, it's like, oh, well, I hope that's different and I hope the guys all tear into each other in the changing room and have a go if they've been rubbish. But, you know, it, you get the the impression at the moment because of the lack of tempo and stuff. Now, I know it's going to be hard because there's no crowd, but, you know, you've not got, me or Ali shouting boo, <laughs> maybe, you know, when they put a shape ass, or, you know, not that we use colourful language, but, you know, you've not got anything like, you've not got anything like that at the moment, or the, to the same token, somebody does something really well and we cheer. You know, I know you've not got that at the moment, but, you know, I, th- I think a bit of, um, I think there has to be a, that's what I'm I'm missing at the moment, and I think the players are probably missing it as well, so it's maybe not so much I'm on, but when you see guys, and I've not seen anybody at City yet do it, but if you see guys start to go, oh well, the ball's rolled out. Um, yeah, that's probably when we need to worry. But... So should we be? Should, I was well, I was going to say, should we be piping in the sound from our Zoom calls into the stadium? Then I mean, is that what we should be? Is that what we should do? <laughs> this is horrendous. Hold on a minute. I'm going to have another beer. <laughs> I think it, I think because I've been in a slightly more privileged position than you guys because I've managed to get into the stadium a couple of times this year. Uh, on... Aye, cheese baguette, big cheese baguette, mm-hmm. boy, whatever. Nice. Um, but it is noticeable <laughs> how how kind of eerie it is. You know, it's quite nice. It is, in some ways, it's good if you like just as a neutral, I suppose. Because you can hear the players talking to each other, you can hear the referee talking to the players, you can hear the coaching staff interacting and all this kind of stuff as well. But not having any fans there, I find really, really eerie. And I'm not and I'm going to go into a big, huge thing about it's time to get fans back in. I think after we see, we saw the incident at Celtic Park yesterday, that's not going to be happening anytime soon. Um, and obviously I get the public health reasons and I'm very much, if you listen to the other pod that I do, um, me and Asher, the Cathedral Sporter, spoke about that, that public health over letting fans in and all this kind of stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough act, and I know it is. Um, and sometimes some fans in like low league in England maybe haven't followed the rules as strictly as they should have, uh, which is causing problems for us. But it's really, really, really eerie being in there. And you don't really hear a lot of shouting for anybody in the stands, um, although Mr Finlay for Cowden Beef uh, 
Um, <laughs> I thought I was getting a closing argument there for a second at one point. Um, you can see him there, he's kind of, he's been doing that, yes. Uh, no. Um, but yeah, he, he, it's noticeable. And I don't know if that's affecting the players. Cause I think it's maybe more, of, I, don't, I don't know if maybe affects us more, more than you go. I don't know. Because usually there's less fans there anyway. But I suppose if it's less fans, you're more likely to hear what the fans are saying. So it's maybe, maybe like either side of that coin. But yeah, I, I don't know if the players are maybe finding it difficult. I don't think that's just us. I think that's really across the board. You know, I think... You know, I think a lot of teams are finding it difficult not having people there, just like the odd groan or a cheer or a moan. Because as, as you say, like, it's not that we just like we moan at players or that. If somebody does a good pass, they get applauded for a good pass, and that's going to G a player up. Well, I've done something well, that's great. So oh, it's difficult. I think that's probably a bit right. Um, right, uh, anything else, Ali? Because I'm going to finish off on one more moan. If you've got anything else. No, that's absolutely fine for me. I'd say looking forward to looking forward to Saturday, hoping that that was uh, the, the weekend there was a uh, was us really kicking on. Right, um, and uh, I have just one more. To... It comes from last last uh, last month's pod as well. Uh, the coverage from the Edinburgh Evening News has been stinking again. Um, I had to go onto Twitter to remind whoever is the football editor or whatever the position is that. Articles were making the print edition, but weren't making it online. So I had to remind them to do this. And here we are, four weeks later, in the same position. We now have articles going in print, but not going online. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know anybody that buys a print edition of the evening news. I don't know anybody that buys a print edition of a newspaper anymore. Right? And I some of my older friends and family. Not anymore, you know? no. To not have it online, regardless of where you've got to subscribe now, it's an absolute that. joke. Bob. Our last article in the evening news was from the win against Irdre. Bob. I want to say one thing here. They've probably got as many folk buying the evening news now. We've probably <laughs> got more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is that much of a sham. You know, it used to be really good. You used to be able to remember greeting that. You'd get the evening. I can probably remember. I can actually remember when it changed it. You know, the, the banner at the top. It's probably changed one or two times more for you guys than me, obviously, me being the youthful one. But, you know, I can remember when the banner changed at the top. But you know, I totally agree, though. It's meant yeah. to be the premier Edinburgh paper, and they're meant to publicise everybody especially we are the professional team, they probably have our tenants, or what do we call them, neighbours, or, yeah, the other team that play at Ainsley Park. Yeah, yeah I just find it, it's like I said the last time, so, I just find it disrespectful. Yeah, totally agree. That I'll have to go on Twitter to remind these guys to put these articles up. And it's not just that, they've obviously got Neil who writes them, Neil McGlade who writes the articles, and he's not seen his work published on the website. He's putting in that effort and not seen his work. Obviously, it's going into print, but you still want to see it online, no? I just find it really bizarre how it goes about, you know. And the, the game, sorry, go on, Ali. But, but sure, I was just going to say, but surely it should be our club pushing against that. That's obviously great that you're doing it, and, you, and you're right to. But are the clubs saying to them, look, the club are trying to raise their profile all the time? Like we've all talked about the fact that 
you know, if you raise the profile in amongst Edinburgh, whether it's amongst students or people that fall out of hearts and hips or, or, or whatever. So surely the club should be on at the end of the evening oh. news, saying, look, guys, you need to treat us with a bit of respect here. We've been in the league for a couple of seasons now, done some really good stuff. Can they not put a bit of... And, and they might be doing yeah, it, I, but I, I, I don't think they should land on you, to be honest. I've had discussions with the boys for the evening. He said that they are in discussions with the club and they kind of left it at that. But then they kind of give it... It's going to be unrivaled yeah. coverage with their new subscription. A company got worse over this year than it did last year, which I find absolutely embarrassing. You know, and then that doesn't just apply for us, I think, in terms of how the non leagues and lower leagues are, on the whole have been in the news recently. I think it's pretty poor. But I just find it totally disrespectful to everybody that's not Hearts or Hibs. And yes, I know you, you've got generic clicks and all this kind of stuff, but in the same respect, you're not going to have people clicking on articles if you don't have them on. So. It just annoys me. It annoys me no end. I'm probably going to bring it the next time. The next time I have a pod, I'm going to continue doing it until uh, we get respect deserve. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, in all seriousness, it's starting to peeve me. But uh, yeah. there we go. Um, is there anything else? We all good for that, guys? Well, there we go then. Thank you very much, uh, Neil and Ali, for yeah, joining good, me. Good. Thank you. That was the second podcast. Um, we are hoping, as I said the last time, to get some interviews, but we're probably going to wait until after the festive period, um, rather than having to get everybody to try and juggle their Christmas plans uh, to come and speak to us, Dafties. So, um, it's a good night from Rooney. It's a goodbye from Ali. Good night. And it's a cheery bye from the right reverend. Goodbye. Cheery bye. <laughs>